Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this episode with Michael Hick. I want to let you know that we have a ton of great sponsors on the Big MX Radio Podcast, one of which is Luxon MX. They make a bunch of really amazing hard parts and their flagship product is a set of triple clamps that is going to be tuned in to perfection of what you need to feel more comfortable on your motorcycle. It is engineered to perfection, and you can save 10% with Luxon MX with the discount code BIGMX. So you can go to their website and you can check out with any of their products, enter BIGMX and receive a 10% discount. Why that's awesome is that uh, obviously triple clamps are a high ticket item, something around the, the about $1,000. So that 10% discount is essentially BIGMX Radio handing you $100 off your next purchase over at Luxon MX. Really excited to be working with those guys. Also want to let you know that we have a brand new discount code with Guts Racing. Uh, Guts Racing has been a sponsor of the Big MX podcast for now three years, and they just set up a $20 or 20% discount, which is Big MX 20 at checkout uh, is not case sensitive, I don't think. Uh, so you guys can go ahead and enter that. Uh, save some money on the best seat bases, seat foam, and seat covers in the sport of motocross. So many teams in the pits use those guys, and they use them because they are the best, best products out there uh, as far as seats go. So go check that stuff out, gutsracing.com. And uh, yeah, you can save uh, 20% with Big MX20 at checkout. Uh, we also have a discount code on Phoenix Handlebars. Phoenix Handlebars is Big MX Radio 15. Saves you 15% off every single one of your orders that way. And uh, that is great savings because they're usually right around the uh, the $100 mark for a set of handlebars. And they also have a ton of great little options that you can get yourself, extra bar pads and stuff like that to sort of customize your look. Uh, they've got some interesting looking ones, some uh, some funky colors, as well as uh, some pretty uh, conservative colorways as well. But you can really sort of uh, really have some fun with how you want your bike to look with our friends over at Phoenix Handlebars. Plus they make a, uh, make great bars and they have great customer service. Speaking of great customer service, we also have WUSA on with us. Honestly, it's a tight knit group over there in Orange, California. They're just a stone's throw from Anaheim. Um, and they do a great job with their stuff. You're going to have the best experience working with that company. They work, work with some of the best materials. In fact, you can buy the materials separately, or you can have them put together a set of wheels for you. You can even send them your stock hubs and have them build you a set of wheels that you will absolutely drool over. And guess what? If you mention Big MX Radio when working with WSA, you're going to save some money. And same thing goes for Racetech. Racetech gold valves offer basically a complete revalve in a box. Better bottoming resistance as well as better traction, which is going to drop your lap times. That's exactly what you need to enjoy your motorcycle just that much more. And you can save some money by mentioning Big MX Radio when you order with Racetech. All right, that's enough of sponsor reads for now. Support the companies that support Big MX Radio. Also want to give a huge shout out to SKDA Graphics as well as Shades of Grey Helmet Painting. Josh Gray, honestly, one of the best helmet painters in the business. He is extremely talented and uh, you need your helmet painted. Even if it's just doing some custom work on the back, uh, he's got great pricing. Uh, shipping is pretty reasonable right around now. So uh, go ahead and get that done, guys. All right, now on to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. 
Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech Suspension. Go to the website, check all that stuff out. Racetech Gold Valves produce excellent bottoming resistance. One day I'll be able to get that word straight. And increased traction. That's exactly what you need to drop your lap times. Just like my guest on the podcast, Michael Hicks, the the, the 460 in your program, but sometimes number one in your hearts, especially when he's racing arena cross at the General Tire Series. Michael, how's it going? Oh, going good. How are you? Ain't not doing too bad, my friend. You are uh, a jack of many trades when it comes to racing dirt bikes, riding dirt bikes in general. Sometimes we find you in the hills of California. Sometimes we see you in the tight confines of arena cross. And later on this winter, we're going to see you in the great stadiums of Monster Energy Supercross, um, man, you're 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 a man of many talents. How's it going? Yeah, I uh, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I've just done all kinds of things. I, I started racing BMX bikes when I was uh, let's see four. I did that until I was about six, and then I started racing dirt bikes when I was five. But uh, yeah, just uh, ever since then, I, I I do all kinds of stuff. I ride bicycles. I obviously race dirt bikes. Um, I'm into like RC cars, pit bikes, uh, I mean, you name it, like anything two wheels pretty much, I'm kind of into it, so. Two wheels or a motor or both, Michael Hicks is all about it, man. In the last two or three years, I guess in the last three years, you've really started to uh, make a name for yourself, both in, indoors and out, and especially with Arena Cross. Uh, those are highly competitive series, uh, especially at the top end, and uh, you've been uh, banging bars and banging fibulas with uh, the who's who of the series. Sometimes you, you even uh, cross... Uh, you're almost like a, a character that crosses cartoons from from one to the, one to the next, going from the the General Tire series or the, or formerly the Hoosier series to to the uh, AMA series as well. That's where you were at this last weekend at uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma. You were able to take a few wins and kind of upset the apple cart a little bit. I'm not too sure how much those guys appreciated that, but uh, what was it like mixing it up in one of the biggest stadium or one of the biggest arenas for arena cross? Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, we went to uh, Guthrie, and uh, it's a it's a bigger floor, um, so they actually had kind of like a supercross layout. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. I I, I was uh, had some really good battles with Kyle Peters, and uh, yeah, I ended up winning both main events. And uh, yeah, the uh, the kicker series this year, um, they uh, McCreary took it over, and uh, he's been building the tracks up bigger and better, and there, uh, I did an Amsoil Arena Cross back in the day, and it was about just as gnarly. They've been building them up big, but yeah, that the Kicker Series, and then I do the General Tire Arena Cross Series. So uh, the General Tire Series, the tracks are a little bit more mellow because they race amateurs uh, both nights, whereas um, Kicker has the advantage they they're doing uh, pro night on Friday night, so they get to build the track up big, and then the amateurs race on Saturday. So. Okay. But yeah, the track was pretty uh, pretty big, and uh, yeah, it just felt good, and I uh, got two wins, and then uh, now this weekend we're going back to the General Tire Arena Cross. 
There you go. Back where you, you have that friendly number one on your bike. Some say that it's kind of heavy. You seem to make it uh, seem pretty light out there uh, on your Tie Lube Honda, uh, backed by Stormlake Honda. Uh, tell me a little bit about connecting with that team. Um, you got uh, Yoshimiri exhaust on there, uh, hints and clutches, all that fun stuff. And uh, and you've been putting yourself in the front of the pack on a, on a, on a regular basis, dicing with guys like Michael Lessie, who's who's uh, racing you on a two-stroke, by the way. That's always uh, good to see and good to hear. Yeah, the uh, so last year, um, I was on my own bikes for Supercross, and at St. Louis, I uh, qualified sixth uh, out of practice, and then um, I had like a, in the whole night, I did like a 9, 14, 15, and that was on my own bike. I built, I built it, me and my dad, and um, just like three weeks before that, I was, you know, I put the motor in the, did all did built the bike up and so i basically just maintained my bike and then um yeah i did pretty good at st louis and then ty Lube was like hey do you want to write uh ride it at atlanta and uh i'd never rode a honda so i had a week so that monday i went and picked up the bike and then uh practiced on it and then we went to atlanta and um i felt good i qualified we they skipped free practice and then had just one qualifying and it because it had rained a little bit and i basically had to go out learn a new bike, new suspension, and set a fast time in uh, a 10-minute qualifier. And uh, I ended up qualifying 15th. It was pretty good on a new bike. And then, uh, But unfortunately, in the heat race, I went through the whoops. And they fixed most of them, and they didn't fix the left side. And that's why I went in. And I caught an edge, went left, hit the top block, one of the bars, and hurt my shoulder. So that was kind of the end of my Supercross last year. And uh, it was unfortunate, you know, because I got a really good opportunity to ride for a team. And then that happened but yeah so they uh i'm still on the team and they want to do arena cross um obviously number one looks good on their bike you know and especially with the uh, red backgrounds of that bike but yeah i've been doing arena cross and then um we're soon going to transition into supercross here in two weeks so i'll be at uh round one so um yeah it's been awesome um you know they're uh, based out of louisville kentucky so it's only four hours from me and I get to uh, drive there and hang out with a buddy and, you know, work on some bikes and just hang out. It's a really good program, and uh, I'm feeling really good this year with them. So where do you call home? Where does this whole story of you racing motocross, supercross, arena cross, uh, and ascending to the now three-time arena cross champion that you are, uh, where does that story begin, and uh, and how did you be able to uh, – basically develop a skill set that is so adaptable that you're able to go from uh from austrian manufacturers to uh japanese manufacturers arena cross supercross outdoors uh and then we'll also get to some of those uh your other antics you have on two wheels that don't even have a motor yeah so i'm out of uh st louis missouri so um i only live 20 minutes from downtown st louis so uh yeah basically just started here racing, go blues um Race, yeah, it's racing uh, bicycles at a place called St. Peter's BMX, and then uh, just transitioned into the dirt biking when I was five, and been uh, just doing you know a bunch of local stuff around here. And then, um, yeah, we I, I've always done arena cross. Like I, I did it when I was little, and uh, just you know that we because we had a couple that were close, so we would do that. And then uh, then I got I think it was fourteen. I did my first. Uh, arena cross in the a class and then did a little bit like one one a year maybe and then uh i think i turned like 
17 and we started doing them a lot i was on a yamaha at the time and i just like my first arena cross was horrible i I got like eighth or ninth i think i took out a dude for eighth place and i it was horrible (laughs) and uh but yeah i used to be on a yamaha and then i I ended up getting on a ktm uh doing arena cross and uh my dad wasn't able to go to the first race with me and he actually went there and he was he saw the the second race i did on ktm he's like holy cow dude like you're a way better rider on that bike um it was a lot slimmer. It just fit my style. And then, um, you know, this year transitioning into the, the Honda, it, I, I feel even better than the KTM. So um, it's been a great change to the Honda. It's, um, I've ridden a lot of bikes, and it's definitely my favorite. But, yeah, I, uh, just like, you know, I ride bicycles, BMX bikes, and we have a local skate park in downtown St. Louis. And um, I've been pretty much all around the country. You obviously racing dirt bikes. And I go to a bunch of skate parks and stuff, and it's definitely the best indoor skate park. Um, and I think the BMX bike just didn't doing that for a long time. Um, it made me like I have a lot of bike control, and I and I'm really loose on a bike too. So uh, which helps me be free and all that. And I think that helps me a, a lot with arena uh, cross being tighter. And uh, you know, you got to be you got to be really fluent on the bike for arena cross. You can't, you can't be stiff or whatever. So I think just the, the BMX bikes have transitioned into, um, helped me become a three-time arena cross champ. And, uh, but yeah, that's helped me out a ton. Just like the great Jeremy McGrath attributing some of his success to racing and riding BMX, uh, I, I totally see that, man. Like having to sort of open your up your turns to flow well and, and not like not feel so confined um, within an arena cross layout. Uh, you've certainly uh, made that sort of your bread and butter. Um, when it comes to bike setup, what would you say is the most important thing for you when it comes to getting comfortable in an arena cross setting? as as opposed to supercross uh it's, it's actually funny i'm i'm really not picky on a bike okay um, and I look back to my dad would have i had super minis and you know when i first got on big bikes i'd have bikes with all like different bikes and i had the same brand but like one year would be a newer style than the last year and i'd be racing both and they both wouldn't have the same bar bend on them and i just kind of rode and then I think also from riding BMX bikes, I've had all kinds of different, you know, uh, style BMX bikes with different handlebars and frames and all that. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I've never been picky about my bike setup. Um, I'm getting better. Like I used to just run uh, a pro outdoor setting for arena cross, which is just like a stiff, you know, softer, but a little bit stiffer, but, and just, I, I was good with it. I one year I did actually did uh, an Amsoil Arena Cross, and those whoops were bigger than Supercross, and I hit them ninety times that day on stock Yamaha suspension, twenty seventeen. <laughs> nice. And, yeah, I mean, I've always just kind of adapted my riding to my bike, however the bike setup is, and it's helped, but it's also not helped. Cause you know, if I get on Tyler, when I got on Tyler, they're like, what do you want to do with the shock? I just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and, and they basically just, I just have to tell them to do something. I'm like, yeah, it's good. And then, or I don't really know what's good or bad. Cause I've always just, if some, my suspension's softer, I'll just hit the whoops faster and arena cross. And, um, but this year, uh, you know, with the support from Ty Lube and, 
all that, I've been able to learn a bunch more. Um, and I, I have a really good, I've been running supercross suspension this year. So trying to get ready for supercross. So, um, but yeah, it's been good, but yeah, just, I've never been really picky. Well, fair enough. Sometimes you say, they say that uh, ignorance is bliss when you don't have the options to make the changes, you just adapt to them. And I think that's been something that has clearly been a, a strength of yours in the past. Uh, and now with the ability to uh, gain that knowledge from, from the team, they obviously been supporting you really well throughout this season. And then that now taking you into supercross, uh, that's got to be a big feather in your cap and then, and a huge vote of confidence for a guy who, uh, for the most part, essentially just sort of, sort of like just privateered your way and resulted your way into uh, getting the support. And then that's a, r- a really big thing. Yeah. And my dad's helped out a ton, obviously. And, um, yeah, know, tell me about I, that like, relationship. Yeah. Me and my dad, we, we've been going to the races for, I mean, obviously since I was little and he still goes. And, um, last year was my first, I, so I did Atlanta and Foxborough, and that was my first time ever having a mechanic who wasn't my dad. And it was kind of weird. Um, my mechanic was awesome, but it was kind of it was still weird. But luck uh, this year, my dad actually is going to be my mechanic. So with a, a good team, I good relationship with him, and then my dad's going to be my mechanic. I think I think it just helps out a ton more because um, I you know I I feel comfortable, and my dad my dad knows a lot. Um, from just observing and you know we'll, we'll go to arena cross and he'll i'll be like i want to go on the left side of the start and he'll be like no i think you should go on the right and he'll tell me why and then i'll end up listening to him and then it works out and then after we'll heading home he's like he'll be like yeah you're lucky you didn't go, you're, you're good you picked my uh side not and, and i was like yeah because i would have gotten pinched off if not but um but yeah we've we've just been traveling everywhere it's been awesome and uh yeah he gets to be my mechanic this year so really stoked on that well, there you go, and like you know what I obviously like going to the races with, with my dad from a very young age, and, and he'll still show up at the odd race nowadays. Uh, that relationship is extremely special. It can uh, can bring out the best in both of you. It could also bring out some uh, some some fireworks, as we've seen some guys in the past. Uh, um, famously, Mike LaRocco's dad worked for him almost his entire career, except for I guess later on to the two thousands. There, um, tell me about a time that you guys were uh, were absolutely inseparable, best of friends, and, and rolled away from the track. Um, just ear to ear and tell me about a time where it was a pretty silent ride home or maybe a shouting match in the pits. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, me and my dad, uh, we've never really fought, um, at the track luckily. And, uh, there was one time though that we got into it and it was, uh, it was the last race of arena cross two years ago. And, uh, I had, I was trying to run supercross suspension cause I was trying to transition into supercross and, uh, I was, it was, so they do a thing called the three, um, or the clean sweep challenge. So if you win all four main events, uh, you'll get an extra, extra money. And it was an extra 500 bucks. Right. I had won every race and it was the last race, but in the heat race for that, the open main open four fifty main, I fell. So I had like a last gate pick and I had won three main events in a row and now we're on the last race and I was last gate pick and the, they had to start like 
25 feet out of the gate. You had to take a right 90 degree turn. I had to go on the outside. So I, uh, somehow I pulled the whole shot around the outside and the second lap I come through the whoops and my suspension was so stiff. It kicked out on me. I hit the tough block and it caught a, uh, hay bale and it ripped the, uh, the cover into my back wheel. And I was dragging it and dragging it. And about three laps later, it went in my, went in the, uh, into the rotor and locked up my back brake. And then I, uh, Face just went off the track and you know blew blew it blew the uh, the the last race and didn't get the money and um, he was pretty mad just because you know he doesn't like to see me lose and especially I mean it was pretty dangerous um, but we we kind of got into it after it I was just I was, I just went you, know, you go back to the the van you just you're so mad and I was so mad and he, we had to do uh, a race it was like a three lap um dash for cast race and i had this hay bale wrapped up in my rotor like i mean there's no way it was coming out and he's like you gotta go up there i'm like no i i ain't doing it. i'm done like you know i had bad luck i'm done like i'm not even taking my chances and he just he wanted me to go and then i was like and we didn't even it wasn't even really like we got into it i just like told him like dude i don't you know i don't want to do it and then uh that was that's like the only time we've ever gotten into it and it wasn't even anything bad, really. And uh, but you know, ever since then, we never we've never really had any bad days. And because every day, you know, we go to the track, it's a, it's a good day. So um, I've never we've never really had rides home that uh, were quiet. But we've definitely had some interesting ride homes where we drive all night because something that happened at a ring cross and or me gotten taken out by someone and then big ordeal and we're just you know talking about it and. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great going to the race with my dad, and I uh, can't wait for more. Fair enough, pal. That's good to hear. And, and when you guys show up to the races, you've got to turn some heads because you do so in sort of an old school manner. And it honestly hurts my soul to know that it's more of an old school way of doing things. But to show up to the track in basically like a new school version of what would be better known as a box van, which General Tire hooked this thing up. It looks sweet. Tell me a little bit about how uh, this sort of uh, came together, um, the the pit presence and uh, the box van. It looks sweet. Uh, I wish that that was how I would show up to the races. And uh, yeah, it's got you got to have almost like ear to ear when a few people uh, might have whiplash from uh, from checking out the the duds as you're showing up. Yeah, so uh, it's been a crazy story with that van. We. Uh... So we were going to buy the big four trains, the biggest one you can get, like the Amazon van. And yeah. uh, it, couldn't find any because they're, they're hard to find nowadays, and they're so expensive too. So we found one at a decent price, but didn't have a photo, and it was close. So we just my dad went and looked at it, and he sent me a photo, and he's like, it's, it's not the van, but it's, it's a big box van. He's like, what do you think about it? And I was like, oh, I was like, that would be all. Like, you know, we've always talked about building a box van. We're like, ah, you know, we travel pretty far or whatever, but. We saw that one, like, oh, this would be perfect. So we ended up buying it, and uh, it only had 90,000 miles on the chassis, but it had a blown-up motor, so the Ford dealership put a brand-new zero-mile motor in it. So, uh, yeah, we got it for a pretty good price, and then uh, came back home, and my dad just – he started building it. We um, we put a shower in it, and it's got two beds that are, like, built into the wall, kind of like an L, and 
he sleeps in the bottom. I sleep on the top. So the top can sleep two people, and the bottom can sleep one for him. And then, uh, so he used to work for a guy uh, who owned the, the, my dad. He used to be a truck driver, and so the company he works for got bought out by someone else. So the guy that owned it is my, actually my aunt's ex-husband, and um, so he's been in the family. So he sold the company and he branched out. And one of the things he does is building vans. And uh, it's called Voyager Conversions, and they're out of Pacific, Missouri. But yeah, he, we, my dad did the stuff that we wanted to do, put the shower and the, the beds, and then we took it to him, and he just finished it. And I haven't posted a much about the inside, but it's like it's like a luxury camper on the inside. It's really nice wood, and we got cabinet, sink, stove, uh, fridge. I got solar panels on the top, and it's. And the box is on the side, and it's fully decked out. We're still not done, and, and then uh, we still want to wrap it and stuff. But, yeah, General Tire hooked it up. They gave me six free tires for it. So um, I knew that, so we ordered wheels for it. And, uh, yeah, it's just great. And um, we, got so, we get so many looks now. Like, people are always telling us that, like, that's what they're going to build next and all that. And so we're kind of bringing back the old box van, uh, you know, bring back the old box vans and, a lot of people are wanting to get them out. So. Well, you guys, if, for those listening, you've got to go check it out. M Hicks, that's three Zs on Hicks, by the way, underscore 460. Uh, you got to scroll down a little bit to find uh, the little teaser video. But I, I think that you need to make a, uh, a FXR uh, Cribs version. Maybe that's not MTV Cribs. It's FXR Cribs version of uh, like going through that whole thing. I want I want a, a full tour of that uh, that van when when you have a little bit of downtime. I know you're pretty much wide open uh, every other week, but uh, that's really cool, man. I'm glad to hear that you're uh, you're 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 rolling in style and uh, that all, that whole thing worked out because that's a really really cool way to show up to the track. Yeah, I uh, I'll definitely have a video uh, of it. We're just we're still kind of like, you know, testing it, getting used to it, and finding some problems and fixing it and stuff like that. And uh, like I said, I want to wrap the side, and we're still trying to come up with a design. So once I get that done, it's gonna be it's gonna be looking awesome. And we we just actually got a canopy for the side, and it comes oh, nice. out and it's got canopy like cover, kind of like when you see at Supercross, they'll have the canopy out, and then if it's cold, they'll put that cover around it. Mm-hmm. It looks just like that. It's uh, made by Tool, so um, we got that. It looks awesome, and it you know here soon we're gonna look like a factory rig. Uh, I told my dad, I said, I said we shouldn't even pit out of the, uh, the semi at Supercross. You just pit outside of the van. <laughs> Well, there you go. Like that actually even kind of kind of ties in further to the whole FXR thing because like those guys are actually located maybe 25 minutes from from where I'm sitting right now up here in Canada. Um, and their whole thing when they first started was like the the factory stock is is that like uh, kind of like the the grassroots version of factory racing. And uh, I think you just hit it on the nail on the head, my friend. That kind of almost uh, maybe fits you better than Aaron Weeb and uh, Matt Ham over at FXR, who who started that thing from the very get-go. Um, I need to get to the bottom of the three-digit number. There's a lot of reasons why a lot of people run a lot of different numbers. Sometimes they look cool. Sometimes they have some uh, sentimental meaning. Uh, you run the number 460. Uh, what does that number mean to you? Uh, you every seems, seems like every other opportunity that you're not running the number one, uh, you got the 460 on there. What's uh, What's with the number? 
Yeah, so that's actually my birthday. Um, I was born April 6th, so the 4 is April, and then obviously 6, and then uh, 2000 is the 0, so 460, that's just been my number for ever. My dad picked it out, and then, uh, you know, I got to, uh, I was pretty stoked that I, it became my pro number for my first year of Supercross, and then, uh, yeah, I've just been, I, I think I was a couple points short of getting a two-digit number for Supercross last year, but... Um, it, it's pretty cool to go have it now. I'm on, on a team for the full year, and I get to run my number that I've always had since I was a kid. So, and I actually started out my first uh, dirt bike with a Honda 50. With I have pictures of 460. So, you know, to go do a full season of Supercross on a team with the number, it's just it's per, it'd be perfect to get those two photos next to each other. Well, heck yeah. And, and honestly, I think it's might almost have been a blessing that you stuck with the 460 because I think that there's um, a lot of like hardcore fans and even some casual fans that would recognize the 460. But say if you were number 97 or 94, uh, or you wouldn't be 94, uh, <laughs> that's Ken Robson. Um, but if you were or something along those lines, you might not have been eas- as easily recognized racing super- Supercross this year. Whereas I think that there's at least a, lo- a few casual fans and some some hardcore fans that that uh, watch Arena Cross. So you be like, oh yeah, like 460. That's Michael Hicks. Uh, that guy knows what he's doing on two wheels. Um, so it definitely has helped you with some some branding on, on that side. Of course, the number one looks good as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, you, you probably won't be able to run that next year. I'm thinking you'll probably be in the national numbers uh, after more than a few rounds of Supercross. But uh, I like the number. I think uh, for, for this year, it's uh, it's a good addition for your, I guess this would be the first time that you're racing the full East Coast rounds. Yeah, the... Uh... Yeah, it's awesome running it, and uh, yeah, the number one's good. But um, yeah, hopefully we have a you know two-digit number next year, and uh, I'll be sad to get you know not run the 460, but uh, two-digit number is always good to have because shows you you know you've, you've done a season and you got the points and all that. So hopefully we have two-digit number next year, and uh, yeah, I'll be bummed not to run the 460. <laughs> so in Arena Cross, do they do opening ceremonies, and if so, what what song do you come out to? Do you get to pick your song? Yeah, they do an open ceremony, but they don't let you pick the song. Um, I know BS. Kicker does. They let you pick it. But, uh, yeah, we just do um, – actually, they play Thunderstruck. So that's been, like, what they've done for a long time. So, so you're Chad Reed. Anytime, yeah, anytime that that song comes on, um, anywhere, if, on the radio, whatever, I just automatically think of, oh, opening ceremony. Like, is it time to go? We got opening ceremonies. <laughs> Getting jazzed up, just in the drive-through song comes on. Sorry, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in addition to arena cross, supercross, outdoor nationals, you name it. Uh, also, dirt jumping and BMX. You touched on BMX a little bit uh, at the top of the show, but uh, dirt jumping is something that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, you incorporate not only uh, the pedals uh, version, but also on uh, the electric bikes. How does that kind of come about? Uh, and what are some of your favorite spots in and around St. Louis to uh, to get wild? Yeah, we um, so yeah, I've always rode dirt jumps. Uh, we have a local bike park called St. Louis Bike Park. It's uh, twenty minutes from me, and um, so yeah, I've always rode there. And uh, then just from riding there as a kid, and then getting older, I uh, I started building some jumps. I built some uh, pretty cool clay jumps in the woods one time. They were taller than me. I had them like squared off clay sculptures pretty much 
Um, and then, yeah, I helped dig down at the uh, St. Louis bike park and me and my buddies. And, yeah, uh, we just, you know, we love riding dirt jumps and building them. And we have, uh, at the bike park, actually, we have, like, I think it's, like, 20, and uh, I think it's like a nine-foot lift. Um, we got, like, three of those. And then, uh, but, yeah, I've just been, you know, I, I like riding skate parks, dirt jumps, all that. So, um, so I had, a, used to ride BMX bikes, and then I transitioned into, uh, I got a dirt jumper. It's a 26-inch uh, bike with, a, like, a basically a mountain bike fork on the front. Right. And then love that thing because it feels bigger and it's more like a dirt bike so um i've been riding that for a while and then uh yeah just recently i bought one of those um surons i'm sure you've seen it they've been making they've been getting pretty big lately and and that's a mountain bike basically with a dirt bike engine and um it's i mean that's the i ride that thing all the time it's i almost ride it more than my bicycles now just because it's so it's so fun because you can throw it around like it's a mountain bike but it'll go 50 mile an hour too. So I actually put um, mountain bike suspension. It's got Fox 40s on the front and stuff like that. So uh, I've been riding the crap out of that. And then, um, which I also like pit bikes. And, you know, I just like, I like building stuff. Um, right now I'm building a pit bike and then uh, building up my Suron also. And then I got a couple of BMX bikes and stuff I'm building up too. So just, uh, I like doing all kinds of things. Um, yeah, I, I love riding dirt jumps and I love traveling and doing all that stuff with my buddy. So uh, it's, it's kind of like going to the races with my dad, you know, just traveling, having fun, and uh, with some good times. Oh, heaven forbid you don't spread yourself too thin, there, Michael. You got uh, electric bikes, pit bikes. Also, I, I, I'll mention I love the matching pit bikes look. You've got uh, the one ten and the fifty. Uh, a couple of different pictures on your your social media where uh, they're both looking pretty cherry. Uh, but you must be pretty like mechanically inclined to be able to take on all these different projects. And uh, also, you also might want to send some riding tech videos over to uh, Philip Nicoletti, who apparently uh, has the same approach to supercross rhythm sections as you do on a, an electric bicycle uh because you're i have a video right in front of me right now where you're doubling through a rhythm section not totally unlike phil was this last weekend <laughs> yeah i uh yeah so speaking of the, the dancing bikes i uh i'm actually building i just bought a bbr 50 uh nice it's like the perimeter and I'm actually making it match my uh, arena cross race bike with the number one, and all that. I got a buddy who made me some graphics and all that. So I'm actually going to take. I'm trying to get it done so I can take it to Houston and put it at uh, at the tie loop tent and have it right next to my race bike to look awesome. But yeah, yeah, do all kinds of, of electric stuff. Yeah, I've been getting into that stuff because I, I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's it's the future for sure. And I don't want to race supercross on an electric bike. Cause that wouldn't be as fun but i mean electric's just you just give it gas and go and it's so fast but um yes yeah, so i've been trying to build more electric stuff lately but um yeah it's been awesome yeah, I, I think I see electric as more of like a, another weapon in the quiver rather than something that's going to replace uh, internal combustion engines and supercross altogether. I think that's just like sort of something and something you can add rather than replace. And um, yeah, man, like you've got a really cool sort of like old school approach to all of this stuff, whether it's the the pit bike stuff. Like I, I think of back in the day, like basically every factory superstar had like almost like a mini me sitting next to their bikes every once in a while. You know, James Stewart had that 
that back in the day. A couple of the guys from Honda had it as well, of course. With uh, I think RC had one uh, with the, the the number four on there, uh, and that's really cool to have. Um, like, where do you do a lot of your riding for uh, for pit bikes? Obviously, like you you can just sort of build a track just about anywhere. But uh, is there like do you have some property yourself where you can put some tracks together, or what is it? Yeah, I don't have property. I wish I did. Um, I know a couple of people around me that have uh, pit bike tracks for their kids, so I just go ride those. And um, and they've been getting, uh, you know, in trouble with their neighbors with having pit bikes and stuff. So ever since the Suron came out, I've been riding that. And then, uh, the guy I know, he, he's just now ordering one for his kid. And I'm like, because he has Stasics too, but his uh, older kid wants to, and he, and he wants to ride something you know a pit bike but they can't ride with the sound so uh and that's that's the other thing it unlocks a whole new world of places you can ride um you know me and my friend will go ride we'll actually go ride in downtown st louis just right on the city and no one even like they don't even know what what to think when you go flying by them at 50 mile an hour and they don't even hear all they hear is the chain <laughs> they don't even know it uh, yeah it opens up a new world of uh where you can ride and stuff and um, and a lot of people, I know a lot of people, uh, I'll touch base on that. They, they're afraid of electrics taking over for like supercross, but, um, I know, I think Stark wants to race, uh, world supercross or something with right. their electric bike. But in my experience of riding the, the electric bike on like a pit bike track with kids who have motors on a 110, they don't know you're behind them. So I've almost gotten taken out a tons of times by kids just cutting over or cutting off the track. they you don't even know you're behind them and so that's one of the biggest dangers i don't think a lot of people think about um i think if you have an electric unless everybody's on electric you can kind of hear them um even then it's kind of hard so you'd really have to have some sort of uh sound system on the bike to know that people are you know that you're around or else it's pretty freaking dangerous <laughs> Right, and then if there's something, there's a sound like some sort of audible warning signal or something like that, kind of defeats the purpose of it being so quiet to begin with. But uh, the advantage of having uh, basically like instant torque of a, of, of an electric motor is uh, is pretty tough to beat. Uh, have you ridden one of those bikes yet? I, I don't know if you've been on an Alta. Maybe a, I don't know if the Starks have made it over. Uh, there's been a lot of sort of speculation as to when those guys are actually going to deliver bikes. But uh, uh, given the opportunity, would you ride one? Would you race one? Yeah, I'd love to freaking ride one. I, uh, I, I, I put an order in on one, on the Stark. Um, so that, and they've been, they, I know they've had problems, I think, with getting suspension and stuff. So it, it puts it back like nine months. I think it'll be, it says it'll be here like December of next year. So, or, well, this year actually. So I hope it doesn't get pushed back any farther because just from having that electric Suron mountain bike thing, uh, it's awesome. And I, I already know whenever that, that star comes and it's gonna it's gonna be awesome and i got the 80 horsepower one so uh i think it's gonna be pretty insane and uh i basically i have like a one i got a 99 125 and those three cr 250 and built those up and then uh got a couple other bikes but i think once that star comes in i probably honestly sell those because i know that's all i'm gonna ride because you could just ride it you can ride it anywhere and then it's just gonna be super fast too He's got the full collection. Yeah, I saw the the 99-125. The bike's literally older than you are and uh, still going pretty fast on it. Uh, a CR250. Honestly, I think 
If if the Tyler guys would let you, I would love. I don't even know if it, well, it's not an AMA event. So if they would let you ride that thing, and of course, like a lot of sponsors probably wouldn't translate over, like Yoshimura and stuff like that. But like on the coolness factor, I think I would love to see you um, even race ride practice or something on, on that uh, at an arena cross. I think that would be a really cool thing, uh, regardless if sponsors are pumped or not yeah i uh i would definitely do it um actually two years ago i uh so we're going to memphis tennessee uh for the yep. last round ever this year and uh two years ago we went there and i actually raced i had a ktm 252 stroke and that's I decided right to race it in the open class and uh, i won on it because the ktm had a really good power um but my anyway my cr250 has it's it feels really similar to the KTM did, and I had a 2017. And uh, but yeah, the power crew is really good. So yeah, I would definitely do it, and I know I could, I could do pretty good. Um, it'd be it'd be pretty cool, me and Michael Lassie on two strokes. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely do it if I could. But yeah, like you said, the sponsors there's a couple of things that you know don't transfer. So I don't think it'll happen this year. Maybe next year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't know if our friends over at uh, Yoshimura would be really, really stoked uh, on you. Uh, like, maybe if you're able to, like, have some graphic made over top of the, the can to make it look like it's a, a Yoshimura two-stroke pipe, although they don't make them. Um, but, uh, like, cl- let's talk about Arena Cross a little bit more and talk about this uh, general tire series. Uh, the competition is high. It's tight confines. The tracks are different, obviously, uh, given the fact that they have amateurs. Um and it's a lot more racing. Like you guys have, like you said, uh, four main events, um, and al- also like get into kind of racing against a guy like Mike, who's like uh, honestly, I actually made a uh, video not long ago that I think two fifty two strokes and two fifty fs are pretty evenly matched nowadays, and they could basically just be lumped in the same category or same class. But racing those, uh, racing him on that bike, as well as uh, this last weekend, uh, you also raced against some guys who are on 450s, and I think a 450 would be almost too much bike for a, a, an arena cross, but obviously uh, coming out of some corners and even start maybe getting on top of the whoops might be a little bit of an advantage there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so the, the general tire arena cross, it's, uh, tra- like I said, their tracks are a little bit smaller than the kicker ones just because of the amateur days, but um, they're still pretty, they're really difficult. Some of the rhythms, they'll be different every weekend. Sometimes they'll be easier sometimes they'll be really tricky so um and then on tv nights they build the whoops up bigger and then on regular nights they don't so you're kind of like going back and forth so you gotta you, you can't you don't really get used to one style track so it's always changing but um yeah mike's been racing the uh the two stroke and it's been awesome racing him he's a really good dude and uh he's a really clean racer too and uh so i know whatever if i gotta pass him i don't have to you know, when I pass him, I don't have to protect, protect the inside of the next corner. So I know he, he knows, like, like most people, if you, you know, if you get past, uh, they don't retaliate, you know, like he doesn't retaliate because he knows, you know, if, if I, and I, like, I know if someone catches me and passes me, I let them go on by because obviously I'm going a little bit slower. So I don't want to be, you know, that guy that tries to stuff him in the next corner and slow him down. So, and he's just like that too. So it it just makes for some really good racing and we have some awesome battles 
And, uh, yeah, but yeah, last weekend I went to that kicker in across and I actually raced a 450, um, because okay. I knew I raced there, I raced there two years ago and I knew how big the tracks were. And, uh, so I raced, we went, went to Kansas city for the general tire in across and I raced a 450 in the open class. And I, uh, cause it, it pays for the whole shot in the 450 class. And unless you ah, really yes. quick, so I'm like, if I could race a 450 and get a whole side, it's just an extra 250 bucks. And then also, I knew I was going to race it at Guthrie, so I was trying to get used to it. And uh, yeah, I I like it because you can you don't have to ride it as hard. And I, you know, me being like a uh, I flow pretty good on a bike and I like a little bit looser and stuff. So riding the 450 just allows me to like basically cut down in a corner and just use all that power and just flow around the track instead of the 250 where I have to rail the turn that might be a rut and all chopped out. And then you got to carry your speed in the whoops into the whoops to have speed through them. Whereas the 450, you just turn down and just chop the throttle and you're right through them. So, uh, the 450, I've always rode a 450 really good. Um, I was actually racing a 450 at Loretta's when I was 13. And I don't think you're even allowed to, but no one even know what's going on. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I raced the 450 at Guthrie, and uh, it was definitely the way to go. It was uh, it was harder because there were a lot of corners and tight corners, and the 450 is heavier, so it was a little bit more difficult there, and I actually put on super cross suspension on the 450 for that, and I had never rode a 450 with super cross suspension, so that stiff suspension with the bigger track and a heavier bike, it it beat me up a little bit, but uh, yeah, in the main events, it was definitely the uh, way to go because Peters would come into the whoops and he'd right, right at the end. They were built building the whoops huge, and I think they knew that these were going to break down pretty bad, so they built them smaller. But they were they were almost they were small, but they were too close. So you had to like come into them slower just to kind of hit your front wheel on each one, and then you could accelerate. So you know peters and then they get on top and then that's it they just had to get through them whereas i could get on top coming through them and uh that's actually where i ended up having peters but um yeah i passed them in the i got second place start behind him and then uh passed them and then pulled, pulled uh wouldn't quote me i think it's like four six seconds i don't know i pulled decent lead and then um uh, but the second main doing those kickers is a little a little scary because they do the inverted start and i had never done that so i basically was last gate pick on the second one and had to yeah. come through the pack and um i i end up getting to first by the next lap like a lap and two turns so the 450 just you know everywhere everywhere a little bit was a little bit faster so um but yeah i wish i could i wish I could race the 450 just at every one, but with it being the series I do is uh, 250 and 450, whereas kicker is just kind of oh, – it's just an open. You can ride whatever. So, but yeah, I wish I well, could ride a one, but It certainly seemed this last weekend in Guthrie that you had a little bit more under the hood and could uh, could race away 
from from KP. I think maybe a few times uh, he was probably looking at you in the whoops, being like, ah, "I wish I had a few extra horses here," because uh, he, I think he was struggling in the whoops a little bit more than he uh, maybe more out of frustration than anything else. But uh, yeah, man, you stretched it out a little bit. That must have felt good. Obviously, like there's two arena cross series, uh, a lot of discussion as to which one has more talent, which one um, is the better one to race, uh, like they don't cross cross over too often, but you were able to do exactly that, uh, kind of rolled in, took the wins and kind of made off like a bandit. I like, I, I honestly, I, I feel like a few of those arena cross guys feels like they could, uh, they want another crack at you this weekend, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of, you know, talk with, uh, people wondering which one's faster or whatever. And, um, yeah, it sucks that we can't race more. And uh, I, I always tell my dad, like, I wish they would have a arena cross shootout. Like, they would both come together, like, last race or something. But, unfortunately, a kicker goes into Supercross, whereas General Tyro this year doesn't. Um, so, and with being on a, you know, Supercross team, they want you at Supercross. So, uh, that's kind of the struggle with doing the other series is it, if you're on a team, they want you at Supercross, but then you wouldn't be there till about half the year because of the whole kicker series so but yeah there's a ton of talking and, and i mean people a lot of you know people talk but uh just try to let the results do the talking and then but but i mean Peter, peter's is really fast like and he uh he beat me two years ago at guthrie and then uh he came to general tyrene across and i was just i pulled pretty good hole shots and i won every race and but we've yeah, we, we've never had a good battle until this weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I think he got hurt at St. Louis with a pretty bad neck injury, and I was actually right behind him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, that probably does a lot to you. You know, you might not have the intensity. And he's also racing for a championship for there. So I, I'm sure he didn't care about two races of losing, so. But yeah, it, it was awesome racing him and and getting some wins. But uh, yeah, I wish I could do that, you know, race some more. And uh, but yeah, I wish they did a uh, like a arena cross shootout. That'd be awesome. Yeah, those two two series sort of like melding together at some point. Uh, if, I think there was a missed opportunity with you with the number one plates and your FXR gear and him in his gear and like do the, like the, the Spider-Man like pointing at each other, like two Spider-Man sort of thing. I think that was a, a missed opportunity. I think you probably should have run the number one too. Like just, just I'm, I'm a Marina cross champion too. I'm bringing the number one, you just have like a little like one and then like GT on there or something like that. I think that would have been uh, very prudent. Hey, yeah. My, my dad and a couple of other people said that. And I was like, he's like, well, why don't you ask? I'm like, no, I don't want to like, you know, I respect, Peters, you know, he's the champion there. I wouldn't want him coming to the other one with his number one. So I, I was, I respected him on that. And, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty funny if they did that. That'd be awesome. I like it, man. Well, uh, what are your goals for this week, this, uh, this year in, in East coast supercross, uh, full series for you. You're going to hit Daytona. You're going to hit, uh, Atlanta, all those rounds that, uh, um, the East coast fans are absolutely, they go wild for honestly, the, the fans on the West coast are awesome. Um, but as far as all the supercrosses that I've been to the East coast fans really bring the noise and, uh, it's, it's a completely different type of crew that come out to those races. What are some of your goals that, uh, you've set 
forth for yourself rolling into uh, your full full season in uh, 250 Supercross? Yeah, being my first year doing a full, full season, um, my biggest goal is just to stay healthy and get through the season. And, um, yeah, I usually plan goals as I go and uh, just kind of just, you know, see how it goes. I've never been – I've always been like that, you know, just – you know, if it, if it works, if it doesn't, or whatever. But um, I definitely want to get a top 10 at the end of the year. Uh, I, I don't think I should, should uh, settle for anything less than that. And then, um, you know, maybe maybe a top five at one of the rounds. I think that's doable um, with the team and program I have. So, uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd I really like to get a top five um, at some point. And I, uh, last year I did three three super crosses um, on my own bike and I did a 16th of the first one. And then a, I think a 14th and then I did a nine at St. Louis for the triple crown, um, like a nine, 14, 15. So the 10th place was the best finish and in, in a main event, it was the triple crown main event. So it's a little okay. bit less, less than uh, you know, regular main event, but um, I felt good. So I think if just in those, I, I, you know, progressed pretty good. And then, um, so yeah, this year being a full season, just, you know, take my time in them and just, you know, learn and get better. And, and also too, I, um, Henry Miller, he's my teammate this year and me and him were, had a pretty good battles last year at a couple of them. And then, uh, so we're, we're pretty close speed, I think. And, uh, he's a good dude too. So I think me and him, uh, you know, feeding off each other and, I think it'll be a really good year. I think me and him should be able to get some pretty good results for Tyler. There you go, my friend. Well, you and uh, and Henry Miller will be flying the flags for Tyler Honda. Michael Hicks here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Michael, this has been so much fun to chit-chat with you over the last hour. If people are not already following M-H-I-C-K-Z-Z-Z, because I'm Canadian and we don't have Zs, we have Zs, uh underscore four six zero follow him on on instagram uh follow along be a fan of this guy support this kid and uh yeah then this is a lot of fun yeah thank you so much for having me on and uh yeah just wanted to say big thanks to my all you know all my sponsors and everybody helped me out and uh but yeah thank you for having me on the show and it's been awesome Excellent, sir. Well, we'll definitely do it again after a few rounds of Supercross. We'll catch back up with you. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there. <laughs>